Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Mr. Kelly for passing the baton and welcome to you for thanks for stopping by and we'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly. Have any questions or concerns? 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Every Saturday morning we get together to discuss your yard, your landscape, your garden, your plants, potting mixes, soil improvement, bugs, bugs, lots of bugs, but not so many bugs. Diseases, planting, removals, all that other stuff as well. And I'm here to help you make the best decisions. But please remember my words, strictly open opportunities. It's going to take work on your part in this great marathon called gardening. And there is no sprints unless you want to sprint and then you're going to be just exhausted and you're not going to like the results of sprinting. And by the way, this is your show. I appreciate you being here. And thanks to Greg, he's producing today. And by the way, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. I've written five gardening books. Two are available at various locations. And I write um, articles for the Missouri Gardener magazine as well. During the week, I do landscape consulting, which I call a walk and talk. If you'd like for me to come to your home and do a walk and talk, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, the homepage. There's my email address and phone number where I can be reached. And today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Architecturally a great building. Sitting on the north side of Tower Grove Park on the south end of the Missouri Botanical Garden, this National Council of State Garden Clubs. Boy, the stone and brick exterior is really kind of cool. Very unique cutouts, you know, cut stone inset as well. And there's a sea of uh, three different types of, uh, whoa, what's three varieties of coleus. The coleus really look good. One of the varieties is not quite as aggressive as the other two, but this is right as you go into the front door. There's a huge bed of just coleus, and I mean, it's striking. I like big masses of the same color or the same thing kind of together. So this really was right up my alley. And um, also there's um, uh, right at the bottom of this coleus bed, there's a dedication to the memory of Mary Duff Walters, and she was the president of the Council Garden Clubs, State Council, now, let's see, what is this thing called? The Council of State Garden Clubs, National Council, so national. But she was the president from 53 to 55. There's a weeping cypress tree which dominates the foundation plantings with a wave of prune junipers headed towards the east. And it comes to an end at the wrought iron fence. Morning breezes are making the spider webbing on the junipers really sway kind of neat. There's Euonymus ground cover there as well, which embraces an old cut-leaf Japanese maple, which has really had some problems, or it's probably just old age, you know, and uh, but it's still looking, uh, you know, still alive and everything else. There's a plaque at that point from the Florida Federation honoring Mrs. Vernon Connor. There's dogwoods, there's ivy ground cover as well, backdrop by a U hedge that kind of separates Magnolia Avenue from 
the National Council. Another honorary plaque there for Mrs. Charles Dean of Mississippi. And a second Japanese maple. Overhead, sweet gum trees and oaks line magnolia. And not magnolia trees, magnolia street. Or maybe it's at Magnolia Avenue. Hmm, I don't know. A square bed where once a tree stood now just has ivy. The west end of the parking area, a tree of can of geese fly over. I guess they had been down to the botanical garden checking out the ponds or lakes or whatever. And they decided to go over to Tower Grove Park because they knew the farmer's market was going to be starting very soon. There's an ancient hackberry there. There's some more Japanese maples and dogwoods as well. As it transitions, the National Council of State Garden Clubs transitions into the botanical garden grounds. You're going to see holly, sycamores, oaks, among other things. There's more plaques along the curb of the parking lot, which honor various people. A linden tree, its roots are really fighting through the hardscapes of sidewalks and parking lots. Boxwood hedging is there. A pair of weeping trees point to the American holly, which stands in a granite-raised bed space. Crickets and sparrows are all out all over the place, chirping and thises and thats. Humidity is rising, the sun and temperature as well. And what that says is it's time to go. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, if you do happen to have any questions about your yard besides water, 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 watering, 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 you can give a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Gary lives in Collinsville. Gary, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. Part of this question I asked earlier in the spring, and uh, I lost it. And I didn't put it in my logbook. My beans, I've got pole beans, and their discoloration in them, they're kind of turning brown. And uh, everything in my garden is just green and producing fruit like heck. I mean, I've sprayed with BT and, and neem oil. Mm-hmm. Now, when I asked you this spring, I, I don't know if there's something with going on with my beans, but uh, you had given me two types of fertilizer because I... My garden's so small that I don't have the opportunity to rotate. And you give me two types of fertilizer that I could use one every year to kind of combat the crop rotation. I was wanting to know uh, what those three numbers were on those two types of um, fertilizers and when do I apply it and could there be something else wrong with my beans? Or maybe they just run in their course. Yeah, it could be the variety of beans that you're trying to grow. That could be the discoloration. And with virtually with any kind of agricultural situation like you have, you're going to have to get a soil test done every couple of years if you really want to keep things going as well as it sounds like they are. So in other words, a soil test is going to show that, well, maybe this year you should not get a, you know, a fertilizer where the last two numbers are this high. You should get one that is less. But initially you should probably go with, I like a five ten five. That's kind of what I would do for you know your situation. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, these these beans, like last year, I used them from the seeds that I had last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they produced all the way up into the fall, right? And that. But the, you know, when something is self seeding, whether it's an annual, whether it's a vegetable or anything else, it can change. You know, during this, let's say, from the original hybrid that you purchased. 
and it goes through and you you know it's producing seeds that you're going to use it could really kind of change the whole thing certain annuals they'll can they can self seed but they may come back as a completely different color than what you anticipated that's very common and so that may be related to what's you know some of your problem is as well well i was i was told that um i uh when you save your seeds if there's anything in the soil it 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 the seeds you save, it kind of brings an immunity to the seeds that if, uh, year after year to where it will adapt to what's in there. And that's why I've been growing everything from seed. I start early in the spring sure. or, or winter, you know. Right. And and that's why I've been, I do all, everything with my seeds that I, I save through, through my plants. But again, but it you, can, you, they can morph and change over the course of time. So even though they yeah. were great a couple years ago or even last year, they may not be that great this year. Okay, last uh, this spring you gave me two types of fertilizer. Use one one year and one the other. Now, uh, uh, was there another one besides uh, this five ten five that I could use? You know, switch off from year to year. I uh, you know I, it really doesn't. I you know I can't think of what I would have said at that particular time. So yeah, just you I know. Mean, uh, Again, adding, you know, making sure that you're adding compost to the soil, keeping it enriched from that standpoint, and really the fertilizers, you know, for your plants. Yeah, I I do all my own composting with everything, and uh, I do a lot of mulching. So, I mean, everything in the garden is producing, and it's just green as heck, and like you say, water, water, water. Right, exactly. But but everything's doing good except for my beans are just starting, and I was just thinking, well, is there a disease or maybe... uh, my the plants run its course for the year, you know. Yeah, it may be, but I'm thinking that the seeds, you know, that you kept from the previous year, that has something to do with this. Okay, I'll go with a different seed next spring. Yep. All right, great. Okay, thank you very much. Sure, thanks, Gary. And if I think of the other fertilizer I mentioned, I will, you know, put that on air. Let's go to Troy, Missouri, and that's where Florence lives. Hi, Florence. Good morning, Mike. Thank you for your program. I've learned a lot from you. I have a question. Uh, there is some kind of beetle that is destroying the rose blossoms on my knockout roads. Right. And I've sprayed them with soap water. I've sprayed them with garden insect spray, and nothing phases them. It's probably Japanese beetles would be my guess. I'm not saying that is for sure, but they are, you know, they're starting to become prolific. At first, we thought there wasn't going to be all that many, but consequently, you've got to spray right onto the bug. So, I mean, there's no getting, you know, ifs, ands, or buts. You might go to your favorite garden center and try getting some seven or something like that or see what they recommend for the Japanese beetle. But, again, you can't, you know, I'm, another option is rather than spraying individual, but it's going to take, you know, a while before this actually works, is using a systemic type insecticide. Systemic means that you mix it up, you pour it onto the root system, the roots system uptakes the insecticide it goes up all the way through the plant and then when an insect feeds then it kills the insect that way but this late in the season it may take a while before it's going to become any kind of effective at all and the japanese beetles may be finished by then so you're just going to have to spray very carefully and spray right onto the you know right onto the bugs now there is another option too you can use a trap and the trap what it does is attract the males and the males then, you know, are not there for the females to lay more eggs so the Japanese beetle population doesn't quite become as good. Also realize that Japanese beetles are one of those grubs that are in the ground. They don't do a whole lot of damage to lawns or any other plants. 
main, their main damage is when they emerge as an adult and then start eating, and they eat all kinds of different plants, just not roses. Well, it's just the the, ro- the flower itself, the rose on the plant. It it isn't so much on the leaves. It's just the flower right. on the on the rose. And I sprayed it yesterday with soapy water, and I just covered them with that soap suds, and it didn't affect them very much. Yeah, soapy water is not going to kill beetles. And also, uh-huh. when you you know you get an insecticide, spray on the underside of the leaf too. Yes. And- yes. Because mm-hmm. they're hanging out when it's really hot. Yeah, well, they get three and four on a little rose. Right. And just destroy it. Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. Japanese beetles from the sound of it. Yeah, well, they're kind of a greenish. Exactly. Black. Metallic green. Yes, yes. That's a good description. Thank you, Mike. Sure. I'll see if I can find something. Yeah, go to your favorite garden center and tell them you got Japanese beetles and see what they recommend. You know, to recommend a specific thing, you might go to your garden center and they don't have that particular one. So you just use your local staff because they're going to be very knowledgeable and what's going to work the best. So thanks, Florence. And now let's go to Florissant and into Anita's yard. Hi, Anita. Yeah, hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'd like to know if you could help me. I have mold in my apartment. What could I do about that? On the inside? Yeah. I would say probably call Scott Mosby of the Home Improvement Show as opposed to me. Okay, well, what is that phone number? It's the same number as this. Scott Mosby's show comes on at, uh, I think, at 11 o'clock. Okay, and that's this uh, 1-800 number is okay? Sure, if you want to, or you can just call, since you're in Florissant, you can call 314-436-7900. Okay, I can call that anytime? Well, Scott Mosby shows from 11 till I don't know how long he's going today. So Okay, well, what if I wanted to walk and talk? If I wanted somebody to come here, what is that telephone number? Well, basically, a walk and talk is for plant material, not for fungus on your yard. Okay. Well, all right, then I'll wait till 11 o'clock. Thank yeah. you for your service. Sure, yeah. Call Scott Mosby and ask him about fungus on the inside. Obviously, air circulation, but I, you know, <laughs> I can make up all kinds of answers. But no, Scott's the expert on anything on the inside. If anybody does have any questions, 314 436 7900 or 1 800 925 1120. Maxine lives in Kirkwood. Hi, Maxine. Hi. Hi. I would like some help with watering times. I have a sprinkler system. I have a yard that has ground cover but no uh, grass. Mm -hmm. I have lots of plants and lots of trees, and I'm watering every day. How long would you set the sprinkler for? I don't think you have to water every day, but you should water at least, you know, for, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes to an hour every couple days, every every three days. Are you saying 30 to 45 minutes each setting? There are 13 Each setting. Settings. Each setting. Wow. Yes. Okay. And not every day, but how, how, how often? Well, like I water my yard twice a week. I water every Saturday and every Wednesday. And I, you know, I run my sprinklers. And so any place between, depending upon how I feel and everything else, 45 minutes to an hour at each location. Okay. I got you. Thank you so much for your program. Well, thank you for having me on your show. And the reason why you got to do that, if you run them for just short periods of time, the water doesn't penetrate down into the ground. And this if, you know, applies to whether it's lawn, whether it's ground cover, whether it's perennials, whether it's trees or shrubs. 
because if it just gets the surface wet, that doesn't help the plant material at all. The water's got to go down at least six inches before it's going to actually help the root system of whatever you're growing. And even big trees, their feeder roots where the moisture is uptaken is in the top, you know, 12 to 15 inches of the soil. So that's what's really, 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 really important is to make sure you're getting water down, not just cosmetically wetting things. So it looks like morning dew. That doesn't do a darn bit of good. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, a gentleman that was calling about a couple different types of fertilizer. You know, I always am harping on the fact that if you're growing tomatoes, you should have a fertilizer specifically for tomatoes because that's going to have some of the, like, calcium that maybe a normal fertilizer doesn't have. And tomatoes need the calcium in, their, in the soil so it can uptake that calcium, and that prevents, let's say, the blossom end rot. So, in other words, that's when the tomato bottoms get black. So really take a look at those kind of things when you're making a decision. Now, with his beans discoloration, I still think that's because those were beans from last year, the seeds, and that's what made the discoloration. And then last week also a gentleman called about the bottom of his tomatoes were cracking, and I was pushing on the fact that you know using a tomato food is going to help that. But also if you start seeing cracking on the bottom of your tomatoes, you're not watering consistently even. So in other words, if there's periods where you're keeping the plants well watered and everything else and you miss a day or two, when it's this hot, that could cause the cracking on the bottom of your tomatoes as well. So it's moisture related and it's nutrient related both, you know, especially when it comes to tomatoes. And tomatoes are by far the most popular plant you know, from a vegetable standpoint to grow. Dan lives in South St. Louis. Hi, Dan. How are you today? Hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I enjoy our show. Um, my next-door neighbor, we have a beautiful oak tree over there for a shade tree, actually, along with my yard. And uh, I was just wondering, uh, it looks like it's the middle of October in my yard now. All of a sudden, a tree had died, and all the leaves has fallen off. What would cause that? All the leaves? Every leaf on there. It looks like uh, there's not a leaf left on there. It's all in my yard. It has destroyed my yard. Wow. You know, what could, you know, there had to be some kind of major problem already there internal. And then with this weather being as bad as it was, that it just, you know, kind of caused everything to implode all at once. But I've seen a couple of Zelkova trees do the very same thing. You know, I walked down to, a, you know, the Snooks at Gravoy in Hampton on several days a week, and I watched several trees that have, you know, I don't know how large your oak is and anything else, but they seem relatively healthy early on, but apparently they weren't. And then with this drought circumstance, kaboom. Now, what you can do is if you can get up and get a, you know, to a branch and then cut you know, one of the twigs off and just look at the buds to see if there's any kind of you know, chance of survival or like have Allen's Tree Service come out and take a look. But if it's defoliated everything, that is a horrible sign because— yeah, well- We've been there for like 15 years. We've lived in the house, and uh, there's had like 10 different families live in this house there uh-huh. in the 15 years. And people have gone up there trying to cut limbs off and all kinds of other things. There's still some broken limbs up there from people that's lived there from 10 years ago that hasn't fallen down or anything like that. Right. But uh, then all and the tree's been beautiful all these years, and then all and it was beautiful this year. 
And then in the past month, all of a sudden, every leaf has fallen off there. It just died, and uh, now all the leaves is in my yard. Yeah, it has to be related to the weather, but there had to be some kind of internal disease that caused that, you know, because they— I mean, I've seen, like, there's plenty of trees that are starting to drop leaves that normally don't. We always know the river birch is going to drop leaves when the heat of the summertime happens. But more and more and more trees are doing that. But for to lose every leaf, that's, you know, that's not a good sign. Yeah, every one of them is gone. It looks like the middle of fall on wow. the tree. Because usually oak trees hold on to the leaves in through fall up to early wintertime, you know, depending yeah. upon the variety. So this thing yeah. is, you know, either they're... And another possibility would be, I don't know where the gas lines are or anything else, but there could be a under, you know underground gas leak or something like that that could have killed the root system. Okay, I'll have somebody come out and check that because the house is vacant right now. Uh-huh. But I'd really like to find out what's going on because I don't want to take that chance if that happened into the tree. It's in my yard. Right, exactly. this is one of the biggest trees in the neighborhood. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you know, underground like Laclede Gas... You know, if there's a leak there, it can, like, wipe it out really quick. Okay, I'll take that. All right, I appreciate it. I couldn't wait to ask you this weekend to find out what happened. So, all right, I appreciate everything. Thank you. Great. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, that's, you know, tragic. But for something to defoliate entirely, whoa, I mean, that's wild. Vi, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, Mike, we have water grass in our lawn. Earlier in the year, you said it should be treated in August. I wonder if you would repeat that treatment treatment process. Now, are you talking about nutgrass that has triangular stems coming up out of the ground? My husband calls it water grass. Now, does it grow really flat? Yes. Okay, so what you need to do is there's not really too much you can do right now. You can go out there and spray the individual clumps of the, you know, the water grass with a grass killer. But you have to realize that if you get the spray on other lawn, that it's going to cause real problems. But next year, when the forsythia is in bloom, you've got to put a pre-emergent down. So, oh, next year. Yes. Okay. Because this is a, what the, you know, the, the weed, the grassy weed you're talking about is a warm season weed. So you've got to kill it. Its seeds germinate in early springtime. And then it grows all the way through summertime, through early fall, and through this whole time it's producing seeds and everything else. And then it dies. And then it goes to sleep. The mother plant never comes back again, but it's dropped a lot of seeds. And again, those seeds will drop, will germinate the following springtime. Okay. Now there is cool season weeds, and those weeds, they germinate in the early, let's say, early September, early fall. But to get rid of them, you want to put your pre-emergent down in mid to late August. So there's two different times to put pre-emergent down because there's two very different kinds of weeds that grow here. Okay. When you put the pre-emergent down, do you put it uh, just where the grass is or over the whole lawn? Well, not just, you know, you, gotta, you never know where the seed's going to be because, I mean, squirrels could get, you know, some of the, let's say, water grass seeds stuck between their paws and you could have the seeds in places you didn't even think it would be. So right. you're probably better off to do it over the entire lawn. Okay, and you could do that in August. Uh, no, no, not for what you've had, not with your problem. Okay. You do it next spring when the yellow forsythia is in bloom. Okay, okay. Uh, and um, what do you spray it with? 
just go to your favorite garden center and tell them that you want a pre-emergent. A pre-emergent. Right. Okay. And you're going to, whatever type they have, tell them you've got a, you know, a wild and weedy grass problem in your lawn, mm-hmm. and they'll give you the pre-emergent. Again, you're going to buy this next spring. Let's say sometime around Valentine's Day, you probably should buy it then, so you're going to have it available as soon as the yellow forsythia is in bloom next spring, spring of 2018. Okay, okay, all right. Well, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Sure. Well, thank you. And now let's go to Pat, and Pat is in Crestwood. Hi, Pat. Good morning, Mike. I have three really quick questions, I hope. Last week there was an article in the paper about keeping your plants watered, and it mentioned on trees that uh, they should receive 10 gallons of water for every inch around the tree's diameter. Where, If you just turn your hose on and let it run, is it better to have it closer to the tree trunk or 10 feet out from the trunk or where? Right at the base of the trunk, that does no good. So in other words, all the feeder roots, in other words, the roots that uptake nutrients and moisture are out near, let's say, where the branches are, just go out as far as your branches are extending out from the trunk and look straight down at the ground, that's where the majority of the feeder roots are. So if you can get a soaker hose and just go all the way, all the way around that area or put a sprinkler there or doing what, you know, whatever you choose to how you want to get the water down, that's where you want the water. You don't want to water near the trunk. That doesn't do anything. Okay, great. And on my rhubarb plants, the leaves are getting a lot of holes in them. So I, I've tried seeing if there was bugs on it. I don't see that. But would the stems still be good then? Oh, sure. I- yeah, the stems are fine. You know, and with the weather is, you know, rhubarb's not exactly that easy to grow. Tracy loves rhubarb pies, so we grew it for a couple years. And then, you know, some years it would look great and did fine. But other years it just kind of, ugh. You know, yeah. Betty was... had one strawberry rhubarb pie, and I've got two more cups wow. frozen. I've got <laughs> enough for another pie. Well, great. But, yeah. yeah, so don't worry about the holes or anything else. That doesn't have any, any impact other than looking and seeing holes on your, you know, on your rhubarb leaves. Okay. The other quick question is my neighbor's growing tomatoes, and on some of them, before they're fully starting to turn or whatever, the skin is starting, it looks like it's pulled back. Yeah, so that's probably the cracking I was talking about. So they're probably not watering consistently. See, now somebody else thought he was overwatering. No, it's it's very difficult to overwater tomatoes. Okay. Very, yeah. very difficult. It's not a crack. It's just like the skin didn't go all the way up over the tomato, and it's just pulled back. Yeah, you know, I still think, you know, even if it's technically not a crack, I still think that's, you know, inconsistent watering. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You've answered all of my questions. Well, great. Good luck with that. And uh, if anybody else has any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks. Back to the phones we go. We're headed to Salem, Illinois. Lisa or Lisha, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I have a pencil holly about three foot tall. I just planted it a month ago, mm-hmm. and I've been watering it because of this heat, right. but now it's rusty. Did I water it too much? Could be, but the, that particular variety of holly does not like this region anyway. Well. <laughs> so, but great. you just can't, you know, I mean, aesthetically, they look kind of neat because they grow narrow and straight up and everything else. 
but it's right. not really a good variety for here. And also, if you've been watering every day, that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's probably done for. Yeah, I so- even considered maybe digging it up and and checking out the roots but that'd probably do it in well it may but also you know just you know watch out with anything anything that's newly installed you installed it at a you know really a rough 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 time but consequently for the first two weeks you should probably water every day if not every other day depending upon wind and everything else temperature wise but after that you got to back off and just water as it should you know be normally watered also anything you plant you know, regardless of the time of year, the hole has to be three times the diameter of the root ball, but only about 80% is deep. So in other words, the top part of the root ball sits above the surrounding ground. That way you prevent any kind of depression where water may settle in that low spot. All right. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. I love your show. Well, thank you. And sorry. <laughs> and I would not buy another pencil. Now, if you like pencil holly, you want to try them. I've just not seen all that many successful. Actually, I was at a house this past week that actually had a pencil holly, and it was like, ooh, didn't look so good. But anyway, Mike is on the road. Mike, how are you today? Well, hello. Uh, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you doing? Very good. All right. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I live uh, in Indianapolis. But, uh, due to construction, I had to put in some new grass. And, you know, I let it grow, and I mowed it probably three times now and I noticed a lot of weeds growing in it so I put some weed and feed on it and killed my grass <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm not very much of a green thumb so uh, uh, what am I supposed to do I need to wait to reseed or how's what's what's my uh, plan of action here well basically you probably if you had bluegrass seed down or fescue seed the cool season grasses you cannot fertilize them in the summertime it fries them, and especially, I don't know how your heat and everything is there in Indianapolis, but it's not the best thing to do. And even putting an herbicide down, let's say you would have just put Weed Be Gone down by itself, you could have fried this newly germinated grass seed by just doing that when it's this hot. You always have to read the label before you do anything whatsoever, and especially when we have extreme temperature circumstances. So, no, you can't do anything at all except look at a like ugly yard right now. And let, you got to wait until, let's say, mid to late August. During this time, what you could do, though, is go out there and get as many of the weeds under control as you can with spraying Roundup or spraying any kind of herbicide you want to because you're going ahead, you can go ahead and spray that because you don't have any grass there that you have to worry about. And then no. mid to late August, then you're going to get the, you know, get an inch or so of to- compost brought in, mix it in with the existing soil, and then go ahead and put your grass seed down at that time and start using a seed starter fertilizer. Okie dokie. Well, uh, <laughs> like I said, the green thumb just doesn't run them in my life for some reason. But anyway, <laughs> I appreciate all your help, and uh, thanks again. Sure, and also if you want to just... I mean, if putting seed down is great. I mean, fall is the best time to put seed down because the ground is warm, seed will germinate relatively quickly and everything else. But if you want a lawn... Let's say, let me back up a little bit. Seeding a lawn, you're going to have to overseed every May and every September for several years to get a thick lawn. The thing it's going to cost you more money initially is to get sod. And then you don't, that's not going to eliminate the weed problem though, or potentially weeds are still going to come up. But just realize with sod, you're going to have a decent lawn 
you know, as soon as it hits the ground, basically. But still improve that soil before you put the sod down as well. So thanks, Mike. And now let's go. Jack is out fishing someplace. Hi, Jack. I'm at Fountain Lake in uh, St. Charles County. What I got is I, I'm working on a house in uh, in Norwood Village. Mm-hmm. And the guy's got an oak tree. I don't know what kind, but it's an oak tree that's about three foot in diameter. And behind the tree, there's like some black ooze stuff coming up by the trunk. It smells like fermented beer. Well, it's and pro- it bubbles too. <laughs> well, probably he probably has. He could potentially have boars, or he could have. Actually, it sounds more like a fungus problem. I mean, it, it smells bad, right? Ooh. So basically, he should have, or you should have. Is this your your house or your tree? No, no, I'm working in the basement. I'm doing something else. Okay, so he should have some uh, tree service come out and take a look at that because there is injections that they can do to kind of stop this problem. But if, you know, it definitely sounds like it's some kind of fungus bacterial type thing. Okay, Oh, one more question real quick. Sure. I called about a month ago about my Bradford pear. And I told you the guy said it was sun, sunburn on, on the south side. Uh-huh. Well, it's went all the way around the tree except on the east side it's still got leaves. It's not sunburn. I still think it's probably fire blight. You think it is fire blight? Yep. But sh- the leaves are turning brown, but not black. Yeah. The fire blight will not necessarily turn them black. So, in other words, okay. I mean, like I said, in my neighborhood, there's a couple of Bradford pears, you know, or Cleveland. Some of these are even Cleveland pears, which are it supposed to be, be a little bit more resistant to the problem. But uh, they've got it for sure. So I guess all you do is wait and see, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a... I have a Charlie Brown tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. But, you I, know, I it just it. hasn't, it's vascular, it's in the veins, so it's got, you know, it's got to work its way around. Usually it just starts off with the tips of the branches, and then, but it can, when the weather is really wild and crazy, it can just kind of explode all at once. Well, what it was doing, I noticed on the south side that the leaf, the middle of the leaf would start turning red, and then it. Then it start turning brown. Right, exactly. So that's and they it. hang on for a real long time, and then they, when the wind blows, they, they kind of basically fall off. Yeah, they, I mean they can hang on for a really long time. So I guess that tree's gone. Yeah, I would have to think it's. It doesn't sound good. That's for sure. Okay, I appreciate it, sir. Sure. Thank you. Sure, and good luck with your fishing. I understand that you're, there's nothing biting right now. So. Right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Thank isn't you. It, isn't it kind of hot to be out fishing? I thought uh, fish would. I got a little bit of a breeze here. Oh, okay. I was going to say I thought fish always hung out at the bottom of the you know, lake or the pond or whatever when it's really hot. Well, that's where I'm out fishing for bass. I mean, there's some nice bass out here. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Certainly, thank you. Yeah, I'm not much of a fisherman. As a kid, we used to fish. There, were, growing up in Ellisville, there was all kinds of ponds all over the place. We'd go fishing in these ponds. I'd end up like. Uh, uh, this is really kind of boring. I was really kind of got more into the tackle boxes and all the neat lures and, and things like that as opposed to actually the fishing. But I'd end up collecting frogs and taking them home and stuff like that. But thanks, Jack. And uh, probably couldn't, uh, if somebody's got a quick question, we can get you into, you know, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. But it's got to be fairly quick. One thing, you know, I got to keep emphasizing, there are two different kinds of weeds. There is a cool season weed. Now, those are the weeds that germinate in August. Basically, what included in there is chickweed, annual bluegrass, rabbit's foot clover, shepherd's purse, henbit, 
dead nettle, all those other things, those are the cool season ones. That's what you know, germinates in August and grows through the entire wintertime. Larry, how are you today? Good, good. Um, I was just out on my yard trying to get rid of this ivy or weed of some sort that's driving me crazy. It grows incredibly quickly. It seems like it takes over new plantings or recently trimmed boxwoods. And it has heart-shaped leaves, pretty easy to pick. It grows really quickly. I have no idea how to get rid of it. Uh, basically, this time of year, you just got to be really cautious if you're going to try to you know, get rid of it. So does it grow on the ground? or You said it's in your boxwood. Is it climbing? Yes. Does it have white flowers? Yeah. Yeah, so this is probably bindweed. So it's in the Morning Glory family group. And what you need to do is unwind it as much as you possibly can and then just put, you know, paint Roundup directly onto the, onto the leaves. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, don't spray anything onto your, your boxwood because you could well, really burn them badly. Yeah, but just want, unwind it and them. paint it right onto that. And it's an annual weed, so it's something that, you know, you're going to have to be battling for a while. Yeah, it just showed up last year and it's worse this year. Right, exactly. Okay. Every year it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Awesome. Thank you. Certainly. And uh, don't really have time for another call, So, but uh, hang in there, folks. And if you do have any questions, you can take a look out in your yard and, and then give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.